Hi, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Chris. And this is The Audio Buffet. Jeremy, we've talked lots on this podcast about different technologies and technologies of the future and new innovations and possibilities that yep. seem to be happening even now. Yeah, like Apple Watch and all of the other wearable technologies that have come out recently. Yeah, and we've talked about you know graphene and driverless cars. 3D printers. Yeah, so we've talked about a lot of stuff. These things wouldn't be possible without one really great man, Nikola Tesla. Now, he's a man that's not very much talked about in our history books. We hear a lot about Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell. Nikola Tesla's name is brought up, but not for very long. It's true. He's kind of a footnote in a lot of the quote-unquote great stories of great men. But I really think that that's just further injustice. And he did face a lot of injustice in his life, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He really transformed the world with electricity. So I guess the best place to start with this is at the beginning. Yeah. So future visionary of the past, Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla was born on July 9th or 10th at midnight during a lightning storm. Which is why it's 9th or 10th. We have no idea. Yeah. They say he was born at the stroke of midnight just as a lightning bolt crashed overhead. So already a great epic beginning yeah. to uh, a man's life. It's a pretty great entrance for, you know, a newborn. <laughs> yeah. They were a little freaked out, some of them, because they were saying that it was a bad omen, that it was, you know, the sign that this was going to be a child of death and destruction. But his mom wasn't buying it. His mom said, no, this won't be a child of darkness. This will be a child of light. Now, his mom is really credited to his curiosity in being an inventor and inventing things. She was very good on the loom, and she invented lots of things. Yeah, and Tesla had a lot of respect for his mom. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that he was able to believe in himself throughout his life as he faced trial after trial after trial. He didn't get a, a whole lot of support for his innovation from his father, who was an Orthodox priest and wanted Nikola to follow in his footsteps. In those days, the options for a boy in Nikola's position was either to go into the priesthood or go into the army. And Nikola really wanted to innovate and create new things that would make life better for people. He wasn't interested in giving sermons, and he certainly wasn't interested in propagating war. Now, as Nikola Tesla was a young boy, he contracted cholera, and he'd been bedridden for nine months, and he had been near death multiple and multiple times. And in a moment of despair, his father promised him that if he got well, that he would send him to the best engineering school that he could send him to. Guess who got better? Nikola Tesla. Yeah, he did. They say that he uh, he just kind of popped up after that. It was, it was a remarkable recovery shortly after that. I don't think this is one of those instances like when you don't want to go to school, so you kind of put the thermometer on the light bulb to <laughs> yeah. get it up. He, he, was, he was really sick. sick. <laughs> yeah, no, he, it's hard to fake cholera. So he went through his technical school, and he, of course, excelled in classes, was the top of his class. Tesla got a job in Paris, and it was kind of stressful for him, and you know, he would frequently have these uh, bouts of just anxiety, and he was taking a walk to kind of just try to cool down and 
calm down after a particularly stressful uh, encounter when he sees the sun setting and he gets this vision, for lack of a better term, of a circular circuit that has polarity that is attracting and repelling at the same time. It's this motor, basically, that is continually spinning, but it is at varying frequencies. So it's alternating and it's generating this current. This is alternating current. Now, this had not existed before this point. This is in 1882, and Tesla realizes the momentous nature of this epiphany moment and grabs a stick and starts drawing diagrams in the dirt while he's in the city park. Now, the difference, I think we should probably do a, a quick flyover of direct current, which is DC, and alternating current, which is AC. The difference between those is with DC, it's just direct current. It's one constant stream of electrons to power certain types of electronics. Mm -hmm. So in other words, DC power, you can't change the voltage if you needed to. Right. If you change the voltage with a, a DC motor, if you have light bulbs on the other end, you could end up blowing up your light bulbs or whatever this DC motor could be used to be powered. Yeah. And it's also hard to transmit that energy over longer distances. You need really, really heavy gauge wire or a lot of power stations on the way to transfer this electricity. Right. So it's extremely inefficient for large scale applications. It's fine if you're just powering like a single flashlight and just throw some batteries in there and you're good to go because it doesn't have to go very far. However, if you're trying to power, say, a, a city block, can't really do that efficiently. Mm -hmm. The solution is these pulses of energy where it's a high pulse and a low pulse that can be tuned if you're familiar with the way a wave looks if you remember your uh, your high school physics class you have these peaks and valleys of this wave and it can be tuned the frequency and the amplitude of these waves can be tuned to accomplish different things this is why we see different colors this is why we hear different sounds because these waves travel at different frequencies. So electricity can be conducted in the same manner. If you send an electrical wave, which is this alternating current, you have peaks and valleys of this wave, making it far, far more efficient than just a steady stream. That's what AC sought to accomplish. And Tesla realized how important this discovery was. It was more efficient, and it was more efficient in conducting electricity long distances. Yeah, because you can conduct AC over a much thinner wire, too. Mm -hmm. You won't have to have big, giant copper wires hanging out. Yep. And once he got older, at the ripe age of about 28, he decided to go to America. And going to America is one of the things that he wanted to do his entire childhood because he really wanted to see and harness the power of Niagara Falls. He was obsessed with Niagara Falls from a young child. On the way over to America, he arrived with four cents in his pocket. The reason being is because he basically got everything taken from him, his clothes and everything on the way over to America. Very yeah. sad. It's kind of a rough passage. Uh, I guess there was a, a mutiny even on board the ship where he was mm -hmm. that almost ended in him dying on his way here, which would have made this a very, very short episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have ended there. Once Tesla made it to the United States, he went to Thomas Edison. He was super excited to work with the man who was credited with inventing the incandescent light bulb. Yeah, and he wasn't going with his hat in hand or anything like that. He actually did have a letter of recommendation from one of Edison's colleagues from overseas who said, I know two great men. You're one of them, 
this young man is the other. Yes, and Edison hired Tesla to improve the DC dynamos and his motors. He was promised $50,000 if he was able to improve these machines. And once he did complete the work, he was denied the $50,000. And Edison said to him, you don't understand American humor. Yeah, haha, just kidding. Thanks for making me a bazillionaire. I was joking about that 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was kind of the first time Edison screwed Tesla over. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be the last time, really. No. But... He was denied the $50,000, and then he fell into kind of a depression, and he ended up going into really, really hard labor work. And what did he do? Well, he left the Edison company after being offered, you know, a kind of a not quite doubling his salary. It offered him basically a 50% raise, which is a good raise, but it's not the 50 grand that he'd been promised. So he basically just said, you know, take this job and shove it. And the hard labor you're talking about, he actually ended up working for the ditch diggers that were burying Edison's power cables. Kind of ironic and sad all at the same time. It's horrible. It's horrible. Be like, okay, yeah, I just did this great service for you. Now let me go ahead and bury your cables and stuff. Yeah, very sad. That's not glamorous work. I mean, granted, somebody had to do it, but a man of Tesla's intelligence and capabilities and potential really, you know, should be at the forefront of the innovators, not digging ditches. Mm-hmm. Now, Edison was really against the thought of AC power, alternating current, and he was very much in favor of the DC. So he set out a PR campaign against alternating current or AC. And why is that? Money. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that's exactly the answer. He was against it because of money. He built his entire empire at that point around this idea of direct current. So if he had to switch everything over to alternating current, it was going to cost him a ton of money. And he was obviously a bit of a tightwad. Mm -hmm. The types of demonstrations that Edison used were kind of cruel. He would electrocute animals in public. And there's even a video that you could probably find on YouTube of an elephant being electrocuted with AC current. It's really disturbing. A little later on, they actually ended up using alternating current for the death penalty for a prisoner. Yeah, which also is pretty horrifying if you think about it yeah and his pr campaign was sort of successful in the beginning yeah at first but the more research that tesla did the more other important people started to realize you know what there's there's a lot to this and tesla did his own demonstrations of how ac was actually remarkably safe and one of nikola tesla's biggest demonstrations of how safe ac electricity was was on may 1st 1893 at the World's Fair. Grover Cleveland, the president at the time, flipped a switch and the whole World's Fair lit up for the first time. And there were light bulbs and different color bulbs all over the place. Yeah, it looked really cool. It looked a lot like, actually, uh, modern Times Square in New York City. Mm -hmm. And the greatest part about this demonstration is that they waited all day until nightfall to light up the World's Fair. Yep, so it was this grand display of oh there's light bulbs everywhere but none of them are lit up and then it gets dark and whoa (laughs) nikola tesla was the only person that had faith that this would actually work yep interesting thing too because edison actually opposed the entire project saying because he owned the patent for the incandescent light bulb the single unit bulb He said, you can't use it for the World's Fair. Yeah. So they actually had to invent 
a two-part light bulb in order to actually pull this off. Otherwise, they would have electricity, but no light bulbs. Mm -hmm. So the Westinghouse company pretty much reinvented a light bulb. Mm -hmm. And actually, that's the one that we use today. We use a two-piece bulb. Mm -hmm. So it kind of backfired on Mr. Edison there. Not long after the World's Fair had shown the world that AC was not only reliable, efficient, and safe, Westinghouse and Tesla were offered a contract to harness some of the power of Tesla's boyhood dream, Niagara Falls. And in 1895, the first generator, this is a 5,000 horsepower generator, was tested at Niagara Falls. And I remember hearing that Tesla was just kind of blown away because this isn't something that he'd been daydreaming about since he was a young boy. Like, I'm going to go here and I'm going to do this. And then he sees this massive generator and he's like, guess what? I did it. And unfortunately, his mother had died a couple years before this, so she was never able to actually see this realization of this long-time dream. But I'm sure that she would have been extremely proud of him. Most certainly. And that was only the first of three 5,000-horsepower generators that they put at Niagara Falls. They were generating 15,000 horsepower from moving water, which is just awesome to think in those kinds of terms Mm -hmm. and tesla was getting a royalty of two dollars and fifty cents per ac horsepower of royalty that was a very ton of money (laughs) yeah very generous that's a yeah that's a lot of money and westinghouse was a lot more free with how he spent his money and he recognized the value of the work that tesla was doing unfortunately Uh, Westinghouse was not the most responsible person when it came to managing his money. Mm -hmm. And the Westinghouse company started to suffer some serious drawbacks uh, financially to the point where they were all but broke, basically. And Tesla, being the humanitarian and just interested primarily in the betterment of humankind, he actually took that contract that he'd signed with Westinghouse for that 250 per horsepower tore it up for the betterment of the project. Today, that contract would be worth trillions of dollars. I mean, Elon Musk, the uh, the the owner of SpaceX and Tesla, the cars, not the person. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, made his patents openly available to all of the car manufacturers, which is huge. And that's a very uh, noble gesture in a lot of ways. And I think that's perfectly in keeping with the name of his car company. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the kind of thing that Tesla himself would have done. Yeah, and one of my favorite Tesla quotes is, money does not mean the same to me as it does to other men. All of my money has been invested in inventions to make man's life easier. I just got chills. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's so cool to say, I know what this contract is worth, but if I don't tear it up, nothing's going to happen and no good will happen. But if I do tear it up and I sacrifice this astronomical amount of money what good can come of that and we still use ac current today in the walls in your house in your schools and any of the buildings that you go into that has electricity yeah that's all because of tesla now at this point in his life this was in the late 1890s he was actually a very well-known and popular and in today's terms he's like he's a superstar yeah he's he's the george clooney of their age like everyone <laughs> knows who he is yep he's a handsome dapper young man so this handsome man with a part in the middle of his hair and he was always concerned about how he was dressed he was the most famous man of the age yeah and he actually stayed a bachelor 
all the way up till he died. I don't know if he couldn't maintain a relationship or just wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. I've heard that he cared more about his inventions than interacting with anybody. Yeah, he did. And that's what really prevented him from being able to form relationships with people of the opposite sex. He had lots of different phobias. <laughs> yeah, he he was kind of weird toward women. Mm -hmm. He was he didn't like jewelry and specifically he didn't like pearls, which is super weird. You were telling me about this last night. I don't know of anyone personally that has an aversion to pearls. Yeah, and that's a weird one because apparently whenever he would see a woman with pearls. He wouldn't talk to her, even if she talked to him. Yeah. I guess his assistant came to work one day, and she had like a pearl necklace or something on, and he sent her home. Yeah, he did. It wasn't just take that off. He's he sent like, her home. You need to go. You, you just need to go home. Take the day. You're, you're, you're done for today. And being the popular man that he was, he hung out with some really neat people, one of them being Vanderbilt and another one being Mr. Mark Twain. Mark Twain was a big fan of Tesla. He would frequently visit his labs, always the first to volunteer for a new experiment, you know, be like, hey, hold this, hold the end of this wire. Let's see what happens. And Mark <laughs> yeah. Twain's like, well, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll hold that. <laughs> you light my cigar with it. <laughs> now, some other things that he was working on at this time in the 1890s was the x-ray machine. He actually took the very first x-ray. The very first x-ray that was ever taken was of himself. Yeah, he took it of his hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just crazy. So after all of this, he'd had some success, and obviously he'd had some pretty significant drawbacks with you know getting the short end of the stick from Edison. And we should be fair. Edison wasn't the only one who was taking advantage of Tesla's genius. Mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan was among the people, and also Westinghouse. Yeah, Westinghouse, the way we presented him earlier made him sound pretty, you know, like a pretty upright guy and you know, just kind of, I got your back, Tesla, don't worry about it. But realistically, he was in it for the money. Mm -hmm. You know, just like the quote that you said, Tesla didn't think about money in the same way. However, Westinghouse did. Yep, and J.P. Morgan. <laughs> and, well, yeah, definitely J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan was one of the driving forces at that point in the development of New York City. And in 1898, Tesla demonstrated the first radio-controlled device, and it was a small boat that he put into a pond. Now, this was so crazy to the people that he actually had to bring the boat back to himself and open it to show that there was no one inside of this little small boat that he had built. Yeah. What you got in there? A really smart ferret? Yeah. <laughs> so he pretty much created the first drone ever. It's true. And the reason he did this, he was creating things that could be used as weapons. He didn't deny that. But the reason for having these weapons, according to Tesla, was to prevent war, to make war obsolete. And on May 17th, 1899, Tesla moved to Colorado Springs, where he would have room for his high-voltage, high-frequency experiments with electricity. Yeah, one of those experiments actually resulted in some pretty interesting events. He was generating from this tower that he'd built massive bolts of electricity. And the thunder from these lightning bolts, essentially, could be heard 20 miles away in a mining town. So these were not just little sparks that you see in like the mad scientist movies in the background of the lab. These are full-fledged lightning bolts. Mm -hmm. The reason why he started doing these experiments is because he was starting to get into the wireless transmission of electricity. Which is an absolutely 
incredible thing if you think about what that means. So this experiment seemed to be going pretty well up until a certain point when all of a sudden the thunder just stopped. It stopped because he had overloaded the circuits of the entire town of Colorado Springs. And all of the lights went out. Yeah. For everyone. (laughs) He blew out their power plant. He overloaded their power plant for the entire city. And he had to pay to get everything turned back on, which is pretty sad, too. Yeah, that kind of sucks. And then on January 7th, 1900, Tesla left Colorado Springs. His lab was torn down in 1904, and all of its contents were sold two years later to satisfy his debt. That's sad, man. I wonder what kind of things were sold. Like mm-hmm. In 1901, an Italian named Marconi, he releases uh, the first successful means of wireless telegraphy. That's transmitting of a message wirelessly, like telegraph. But he does this using a lot of the same ideas that Tesla had been working on. And Tesla's ideas were actually more efficient than those that Marconi was using in his device. He actually used some of the ideas that Tesla had already patented in the creation of this radio. And obviously that did really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the radios just kind of took the world by storm. You know, that's, it's only a matter of you know a couple decades when you're getting the fireside chats and you know there's global address anybody who wants to listen you can reach the masses instantly and uh this was all possible because of the work that tesla was doing marconi got the credit for it a few years later in 1909 marconi actually ends up winning the nobel prize for the invention of the radio this is another oversight of the work that tesla had been doing in making all of these things come about and i gotta think at this point he's starting to question that statement that you read earlier about this is for the betterment of humankind, making everybody's life better. He's probably like, well, you know what? I'm having some hard times. Maybe my life could get a little better if I had a little money. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe he was starting to get a little bitter. Yeah, I think so, especially after not getting his money and still not having any money and getting projects shut down. And Mm -hmm. that's got to be, that has to be depressing. And that's the problem with pure visionaries. If you're a genius and you're a visionary, you can innovate things that other people just aren't even thinking along those same lines, but you still have to have the common sense to be able to implement those in the society that you live. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just kind of put this out there, people are going to use it and I'm not going to get any credit for it because everybody else wants to take credit. In 1916, Nikola Tesla declared bankruptcy. This had been brought about because of a fire that had happened in his lab. It destroyed an entire life's work. Yeah, he was working on some things that would have made the radio look like Tinker Toys. Mm-hmm. It was just mind-blowing, society-changing, world-altering stuff. <laughs> Tesla realized that the human body created about 3.25 horsepower of energy and is able to power between four to seven lamps. Yeah. And he lost all of that work. Imagine if he'd been using LEDs. Oh, he could power a whole room. <laughs> yeah, he lit up a whole building with one person. Yeah, and he was using electricity from his body. Yeah. Incredible. That's just stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of speechless because think about the kind of implications and applications that that would have been used for. Our bodies would have been batteries, free energy. We could power our homes as soon as we walked inside with the use of maybe like a watch or yeah. something like that. Which kind of makes me wonder 
if that was maybe not an accident, mm-hmm. because if electricity is free, then you don't have to pay anybody for it. That yeah. sounds kind of stupid and obvious, but think about you know the Edison. I'm not saying that Edison burnt down Tesla's lab necessarily, because I have no proof for that. Mm-hmm. But the reason that Edison, as we mentioned before, was so opposed to AC in the beginning was for the very same reason. It was my company, my empire has been built on this. Mm -hmm. And if you go around and change it, I'm going to lose a ton of money. So if you suddenly can't charge people for electricity because they're just using the stuff their bodies generate anyway. Your your business is going under. Right. There was a lot of opposition for the exact same reasons to Tesla's work on wireless transmission of electricity Mm -hmm. because you have to have a conduit for electricity if you're going to meter electrical usage and therefore charge for it. Yeah, we'd have free electricity. Yeah. And a lot of people are opposed to that type of thing. Particularly the power company. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They like taking our money. Mm -hmm. So those are the types of things that he was working on and the fire happened. And now we get back to the bankruptcy. And he was awarded an award. Yeah, this award would normally be a prestigious honor for most people. But considering his history with uh, the person whose name this award was named, the Edison Medal had kind of a a twinge of uh, slap in the face, if you will. Yeah. But he did accept it after some coercion because he kind of didn't have any recourse. He had to accept it. He was Mm -hmm. broke. Uh, He didn't even have any place to live. He got a small stipend from uh, Croatia. That enabled him to at least continue to work and live under a roof. So it's it's something. Yeah, and starting in about 1934, the Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company began paying Tesla $125 a month, as well as paying his rent at the Hotel New Yorker. And they paid those expenses for the rest of Tesla's life. Which, unfortunately, was not that terribly much longer after that point. Mm -hmm. So Nikola Tesla's life was, I think, kind of earmarked by a lot of really good intentions, an incredible amount of just... He had love for humanity. And he wanted to just better a human's life on this earth. Yeah. Every human. It's a very humanitarian genius. Mm Mm-hmm. And on January 7th, 1943, at the ripe old age of 86, Nikola Tesla died in New York City, New York. He actually died in the the New Yorker hotel room. And the sad part about this is even after everything that he invented and how he helped further the human race, he died without any money. It's true. But he made a massive impact on people. You know, he had the opportunity to meet other incredibly intelligent people he Mm -hmm. knew einstein Uh, he actually was openly oppositional to a theory of relativity he said you know this thing is flawed inside and out so tesla directly and indirectly had great influence on the face of innovation uh, inventions that he was given credit for as well as other ones that other people took credit for And also through just conversation and open debates with these other incredibly intelligent people. Mm -hmm. And and two days later, after Tesla died, the FBI ordered the alien property custodian to seize Tesla's belongings. And they were all brought back to the Westinghouse company under the Office of Alien Property seal. 
So kind of a sad ending to the story, but an incredible life, incredible impact that he had on the world and technology in general. So thank you for listening in. Hopefully you've uh, learned a few things as uh, we sure did. I learned tons of things just watching things and reading things about Nikola Tesla. If you have any other suggestions for a show or if you have any comments or if you want to say anything else, just go to theaudiobuffet.com, go to the talkback link, do a couple of clickety-clacks, and you will be well on your way to sending us a very nice comment. Absolutely. And if you haven't already done so, go on to iTunes, subscribe, give us that five-star rating, write a review. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to email us with any suggestions, just email us at theaudiobuffet at gmail.com. I think that about does it for us today. Yes, it does. All right, so we will see you guys next time, and uh, we'll leave you with this. It's electric!